0: Welcome back to The Treatment Room, everybody. I am your host, Tessa Zolli. So today's episode is for anybody curious about creating their own skincare line or their own skincare products. We're going to talk about how to do it, where to even get started, and so much more. I have quite the product development expert and industry icon with me today. I'm sure a lot of us know of her from the Malay textbook as the author of the series Treating Diverse Pigmentation she is an educator and a brand strategist as well as an esthetician with over 30 years of experience in the beauty biz welcome to the show Alish Pierce
1: Oh my goodness thank you so much Tessa I love that introduction I need I need that written as my bio <laughs>
0: We're so lucky to have you. Thank you for saying yes to this. And I just can't wait
1: to pick your brain. I, well, it's here to be picked. <laughs> I love, as, as as you know, I love sharing um, these this little tidbits of information I've picked up along the way with my colleagues. It just makes me really happy. So thank you for inviting me.
0: You're so welcome. And yes, we're so lucky to have you. For those who may not know who you are, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, uh, you know, when I'm in a, a boardroom trying to give a shorthand of who I am, <laughs> I say that I am a, well, I started as a makeup artist when I was 12 years old, doing uh, assisting and the Miss India pageant in Houston, Texas. <laughs> and wow. um, so I have been a makeup artist and in, in, and in every capacity, through. Worked in fashion in Milan and later hosing catalog in Zurich and, you know, music videos in New York and on and on. And so uh, even worked with the Obama family for their campaign. Um, but then. No I, big deal. <laughs> yeah, right. That was kind of the big transition. And I decided to go full throttle into skincare. So I'm a licensed esthetician. I'm a published author. I'm author of Treating Diverse Pigmentation for from uh, published by Milady, and um, I also have online courses uh, that are being revamped at the uh, advice of some of my colleagues. So um, I'm excited what you know to see what next year will bring. Um, and I have most recently become a product development uh, specialist. When my mom made her transition five years ago, I um, came back to Los Angeles and was in looking for something to do. My mentor took me under her wing and everything that I'd paid her to teach me, basically, I did for her company and as a brand strategist. And um, when I left Los Angeles, moved to Philadelphia, I was actually the marketing manager for um, R&E Cosmetics Labs, which was like an offshoot of a very large uh, company in China. Um, and I now have a little treatment room uh, inside of my my friend's uh, brow studio here in Philadelphia, uh, where I am building my own brand and um, building my, my client base for the first time in my life, really um, putting together a, a clientele. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, that's quite the resume. And we have a mutual friend who sees a leash for her facials and Mm -hmm. just says they're incredible. So I'll have to make my way over to Philly one day and try to experience it for myself.
1: I'm sorry to call myself the esthetician's esthetician because I have so many clients who are estheticians and I just am honored. It's like, oh, I'm flattered. I love you guys. And we talk through the whole thing, of course.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, we need facials too. We need the pampering. And I always say you can learn so much from going to get treatments. So very awesome. You're kind of starting that process from the ground up.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being, you know, totally vulnerable and learning uh, that I am a creative. And um, I've decided I need a CPA next year because my brain just doesn't work that way. Um, And that's okay. I'll pay somebody for that (laughs) while I I can be free to create, you know, so, um, you know, we can't, we can't know everything. Well, I actually studied operational business management at Fisk University. <laughs>
0: okay, well, maybe you do. Of course, you do.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, it was at. It's so funny. My high school counselor just uh, suggested that because she, he knew I wanted to be a makeup artist, and he said, "Oh, well, you're going to have to manage your own career. So here, this is what you should do." Oh, uh, wow. So yeah, we made it through. <laughs> Yeah, but that's uh, I, I do get to pull on that definitely when I'm looking at um, really building a brand because you have to take it out of the heart space uh, and and make yeah. it um, let it live on its own. Um, I, I was a, a member of this group called CEO Space at one point, and um, Lisa Nichols is was a a member as well. And they would always say, uh, you know, you have this little baby, but at some point you have to let this baby grow up. It has to, you know, you have to kick it out of the nest and it has to go out
0: on yes. its own,
1: you know, and that's numbers. And, and then what everything comes down to at the end, there's marketing and, and sales. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So I definitely want to talk about, product development and Mm -hmm. and hear your expertise there but first I mean I don't want to gloss over your incredible (laughs) experience maybe you could take us back to the transition from going from makeup artists to esthetician and even to educator into all these all these incredible things that you do what was that process like for you
1: oh my goodness um (laughs) Gary, <laughs> I was, um, at the time that I was uh, making the transition into skincare, I was working uh, the personal makeup artist for R. Kelly, India Ari, and Yolanda Adams, and I was living in LA, um, and they both, well, they all three, all three had their own um, skin concerns, mm. um, but they they all went into the studio at the same time. And I just remembered Sonia Dakar in Beverly Hills um, did an amazing job with, um, I, I, think I sent all three of them to her actually. And um, I thought, oh, I want to learn how to do what she does. I'm sitting here spackling makeup on, you know, skin issues and, you know, really touching it up in a 12 to 16 hour day on a music video or, you know, any kind of production. Um there's, you know, lunch breaks and all of this. And when there's uh, any kind of skin issue, um, you know, the the makeup becomes more corrective. And espe and especially for those who want to look natural, you know, who wanna have a certain they, they don't want to seem like they're overdone, but there's there's yeah, some camouflage to be done. And I when they all went into the studio to record their next projects I actually my ex-husband asked me what do you what else do you love to do and I said well you know why do I have to give up what I love but it was true I kind of became spoiled working with them and so what else would I do you know other than instead of going back to the drawing board as a makeup artist and um, I said I want to understand what is going on with the skin, you know, I want to understand the root cause of these skin issues that i am seeing. And so I went to the worst school in, in Southern California. <laughs> I like to tell people it was on Tabitha's salon takeover, uh, and they found mold in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. So and you so you can imagine what a hot mess this school was. <laughs> but we had a really high uh, pass rate on the state board. This was back when you actually touched faces <laughs> when you in a test instead of having a mannequin like they do now in California. Um, but we had a really high pass rate because we all taught each other. We made kits to take to the test and. Um, practiced with those kids and, you know, quizzed each other's, we, we met, you know, for cocktails and study. Um, and we had a really high pass rate. And, um, and I think that kind of instilled in me this um, desire to share, you know, the knowledge. And and so it was just a natural transition to become a, an educator. Um especially after being tapped for that textbook, you know? So it just, it it sounds like, oh, it sounds really glossy, airy-fairy, but, you know, making the transition was really a blow to my ego. I went from, you know, Christian Dior sunglasses (laughs) and business class (laughs) flights around the world to, you know, uh, okay, ma'am, you know, spread your legs and (laughs) let... to get this waxing started when I really just wanted to be I really just wanted to you know deal with the face I wanted that to be like an extension but you know I knew that I had to master every area of aesthetics in order to make a living and so um yeah it's it's a fun fun transition
0: oh no it sounds like quite the life that's really exciting and so did your clients at the time who you were doing makeup on, did they
1: stick with you while you went to school? Well, we know that Robert had some issues. <laughs> so that was an viable option um, to continue working with him. Um, um, and Yolanda always had, um, as she's an amazing gospel artist, and she always had... Um, so many, a handful of of makeup artists, but India Ari and I really um, continued to work together for a while. And I, what I found was really interesting was I started um, attracting more, um, like self help gurus to who wanted makeup and um, fitness instructors and spiritual advisors. It was really. Interesting. So like when I got out of the entertainment area and I, so I could take a, you know, a half hour prep before, uh, you know, some interview with with a a spiritual advisor, spiritual director. Um, And it was, I was able to keep my hand in, you know, and still do makeup, but um, yeah, it got pretty uh, narrow and I just, turned things down it was also like pre I guess like pre-Napster maybe so the music industry was changing then too
0: was it early 2000s
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah that was, was like the, yeah. the
0: height of all those those artists um you know singles yeah. and whatnot. so that was probably a really really cool time to be working
1: with them it was, it was nice to be on the A-list. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It's not, you know, I I remember uh, one of my clients say, <laughs> I came in the door, he's like, what are we doing? Hiring Muslims now? <laughs> and it's just like, not my, uh, not my arena, you know, like I just stood out, but I stood out like a sore thumb, but you know, being hired as an artist was, you know, such an honor. What well, didn't matter um, whether I fit the genre; they knew that I could deliver the look, you know. So, I did. I did everything from, um, what is it, the Celtic music where they sing in in Gaelic, and um, to jazz musicians. To you know, and I, I, I manifested a job with. Linda Evangelista and Christy Turlington and um, Gabrielle Reese back in the like I guess I guess that was like the early 90s. Um, that same kind of like you know it's the artistry. I can make anything work. I can make it work. Yeah. And you said yeah. you
0: you manifested it. What did that What did that mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Well. The time? Really early on I was well, I was introduced to yoga well oh god. Oh how far back do you want to go? <laughs> no, back
0: is we want all the all the deeds.
1: Um okay, so I was diagnosed as a minor motor dyslexic when I was six. Um, so I was put on barbiturates really early, like at six years old. Um, and at by Thirteen, I hated it you know I just hated being on this medication and getting uh, brain scans EEGs all the time and um, minor motor epileptic and um, I was introduced to transcendental meditation transcendental med- meditation uh, through a friend of The families, I think, and they gave me, which I don't remember now, they gave me a mantra and I would go every week to learn how to turn inward and like focus on my third eye. And what they found was the EEGs started reading normal and I like weaned myself off of the medication and that was all through this thing, this learning to meditate. And so from there, I really became immersed in yoga and understanding um, the spiritual philosophies like of of every religion. Um, And I really latched on to New Thought, uh, religious science, which was taught by or originated by Ernest Holmes. And he is the originator of the idea of, well, not the originator, no. He looked at all of the similarities in all of the religions and found that there was there are just a few spiritual laws, basically everything else is up to um man's interpretation, but there are just a few spiritual laws, and part of that is the law of attraction and law of manifestation and so um I was probably i was like twenty one when I lived in milan twenty one to twenty five and um, I decided that I wanted to work with the big models. And I had this book, uh, Creative Visualization, by Shakti Gawain. Oh my God, I think I see a copy of it. I still, I still have a version of it. Um, Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain, and she um, pre- had this. I guess was really, I guess the first Western philosopher that were that I read that had this um, formula, really, for manifesting the things you want in your life. And so I said, well, if this stuff works, I want to manifest a job with Linda Vandalista, like all my favorite models, Linda Vandalista, Christy Turlington, Naomi Campbell, um, Gabrielle Reese, Michaela Berku and um, who was the other one? Carol Alt. Um, they, so they were all on my list. And it was fashion week. I'm like a newbie, relatively newbie. And um, I already had, you know, some brushes with some of them, but never touched their faces. And so it's fashion week, everybody's booked. And Elite Milan decided they wanted to like create a reel. It was like before video was it, but actually it was around the time of the George Michaels video, I want your sex. And they were all all the supermodels in it. So um Elite Paris was booking the models for jobs in, in Italy. The Elite Milan got pissed. And so they decided they were gonna create this real like these are who we represent in Italy. This is it. You know, we have these models. And so there was no other makeup artist around for these this three day booking because everybody was on on the runway. And um I got to work with all of them. It was really freaking amazing. With uh, Naomi, I manifested a, a job. Um, it w- didn't happen that week, but the next week, it was a job for Vogue Pele. And um, I was vegan at the time. And I'm like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do vogue fur. There's no, or vogue leather. There's no way. Um, so I turned it down. But... Um, Yeah. Like that's, that's the law of manifestation right there. Like just visualizing and knowing that. And I think that's really, when you talk about the transition, that's really what, you know, pulled me through was I didn't know what I was doing, you know, I didn't know what skincare held for me, (laughs) but um, I knew I was really interested in getting to the core of what I was seeing on the surface. Yeah.
0: And, and how did that first opportunity even come up? Like, how do you even just, so you, how do you, oh, how do you actually With uh, start working with these
1: high profile? Oh my God. Uh, I won't go into that story, how that started, but you get an agent and uh, the process of getting agents is different for everyone. Mine is a really long hour long story in itself, but um, you would build a portfolio and, um, you know, and there are so many ways to, build. I actually spoke about this at Joelle's last summit um, in January 2021. And we, I outlined the steps that you would go through to develop a career as a makeup artist. And there's so many different uh, avenues that you can go into, but for entertainment and fashion, there definitely is the gatekeeper of the agent. And I don't know, nowadays, you know, I've seen influencers build their careers um, on Instagram. But ultimately, even they, when they get to a larger, a, a large level, need an agent or a manager. You need Somebody to handle your billing, someone to take the phone calls. Like, you're out working. You're on set. You can't be on the phone. You can't be booking your next job. So um yeah, and I had an agent from twenty one to forty-eight, maybe. And so I also was a really late bloomer in that um uh learning how to manage my own business my own business. Uh, you know, because I always I always had an agent. I always had someone kind of handling that for me.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. I was wondering yeah. if you just rub rub shoulders with Naomi mm. Campbell at a party and start doing no. her skincare.
1: Again, I am a dirty hippie at heart. So, you know, this is not my These are not my this aren't this isn't my arena. Like I think the the artistry is what was the the door opener, you know. Sure. Um, yeah, and just probably yeah. sheer talent. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was um I was uh, diagnosed with dyslexia when I was nine and I, I really think that that moment of being I love the term neurodiverse mm-hmm. of experiencing neurodiversity I became a much more visual learner and much you know more adept at um, but like I, 90% of my clients now rely on me for copywriting which is so <laughs> weird but I just Visually, if something isn't isn't is incorrect grammatically incorrect, it just kind of pops out because it's sure. just, you know not supposed to be there. So well, my um, mom
0: was an English teacher, so I definitely uh, can understand uh, that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> when did the idea of wanting a
1: skincare line
0: come about for you?
1: So that's the funny thing, I always wanted a makeup line I moved to California with this in mind I tracked down a chemist that I read about in Allure magazine and um he helped me you know create my first tinted moisturizer Mm -hmm. but um I didn't have the idea of you know creating my own skincare line until I moved to Philadelphia and I was opening uh, my practice, again, my, for the first time, my own space in a salon, and this was a natural hair salon. I knew that most of the clients were going to skew more uh, green, more clean ingredients, and so I wanted something that would be efficacious, but also um, have a really, you know, small ingredient deck and be really clean, and so um, I was, you know, Obsessing about it for about two weeks, and then um, I, going to bed one night, I remember sitting straight up in bed and saying, "I've got it! Like I know the perfect chemist. I worked with this chemist um, when I was the director of education for an Ayurvedic skincare brand, and I thought he was still in India, but I thought, let me email him, let me give him a call, or and see what if he's available. So uh, the next morning, I, I. I emailed him, and he called me and said that he was opening his business in California, and he would love to talk to me about my idea um and we just started with extracts, and um, he created a facial oil and a couple of extracts for me um, but you know that was it. I did it in the kitchen for months um, but it was really just to service those clients, you know, something to, to, to feed that market. And I wanted the price point to be really reasonable too. Um, so, so that Germantown, Pennsylvania, that's really was the inspiration for the Ask Skincare line.
0: Amazing. And okay. It might help to clarify because I think if you haven't been in, in the, business of trying to create skincare lines, mm. there's a couple ways to go about it, right? So you're, you're probably talking about original formulation, right? Making yes. your own products with the chemist from the ground up. So what are the ways that, that SDs or, um, others listening could, could start a line, whether it's private label
1: or, or working with the chemist? So, um, yeah, that you can, um, of course, private label or white label, um, original formulation and, or a combination of all three. Um, I think I remember looking into private labeling years ago and the profit margins for me just never made sense. Um, when I, if I looked at scaling up and I got to the point that I say, I have distribution and I have international, you know, I remember hmm, there was a Swedish line or they looked Swedish. They did this, they, they private labeled and they wound up kind of becoming more of a retail boutique because they really, it wasn't sustainable. You know, there as a part, you have to actually, yeah, you you don't make enough of a profit um, in the, the grand scheme of things, when you, when you grow to, you know, 10,000 units, 1,500 to 10,000 units. Um,
0: Okay.
1: So I think private label works, if you are thinking of just selling it in your, your location, Um, if you can trust the, the, um, the, the lab that it's coming from, and, you know, really do the, the due diligence, the research to understand what you're putting your name on. Um, but if you want to scale beyond those four walls, it just doesn't come. It's not very sustainable. Um, and again, I kind of think old school. So it, it with social media. If you can extend your reach and you know, like, what is it? Crayon case pre-sold and debuted at like 1 million sales just through social media. So um, but the old, the old theory and the, the, the theory that, uh, gets ultimately backed by an investor is, um, the, this idea that you, you would really do an original formulation, something that you don't, you never really own your formula, never really, you you can, yeah. um, but, but to have control over the ingredients, the price point, you know from the the ground up um, it, that does require original formulation. Okay yeah and
0: let me ask you this what would be the benefit of creating a skincare line as opposed to you know maybe SDs work with with well-established brands mm-hmm. If somebody's wondering, is a is client going to trust my brand with my name name on it as opposed to these bigger brands? Is that something mm. you can speak to?
1: Yeah, I do think that um, you have to position yourself as an expert first. Um, mm. You know, you really have to, and, and be able to back it up, um, you yeah. know, because everybody is a Google scholar now, all of our clients. So um, mm. you really have to... It, set yourself up as an expert and um, understand why you're prescribing these uh, products to these clients, why you chose a certain mix of ingredients um, to deliver or products to deliver these ingredients to your clients and, and have a, a story to, to, to tell, to sell, you know, basically to gain their trust. Um, I do have some clients who insist on going, you know, off, uh, off, of, off of my advice um, and, and I just tell them I can't really back up the results then. And um, I will, cause I'm, I'm objective. I will tell you, oh, you know, I remember through the winter in Philly, I was not prepared coming from from California Um, And so I would tell my clients, oh, you need to go to XYZ. I even referred one client to a colleague to get a hydrofacial because I believe that's what would be best for her. And so um, I think when clients understand that and they see that uh, you're, you're, you're doing what's best for them, whether it puts money in your pocket or not, then they're more inclined to believe, oh, she really means that I should purchase her toner. And not the witch hazel I want to buy at Walmart, you know. Um, oh, she. There's a reason she says that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that is, you know, it's it's thankless at times. It really. I just pulled an all-nighter um, putting labels on um, 64 uh, um, airless pumps that I just ordered. So, you know, um, it's no fun.
0: Sometimes. <laughs> there's just yeah those, there's right. those logistical parts of it it's not exactly. just putting your I mean you are physically putting your name on a label they but are, yeah there's yeah. a lot of a lot of uh lot of work that goes into it yeah. that again you just can't possibly understand until you go through mm-hmm. it yourself this episode is brought to you by Monoxa so, some of you might know I have been on quite the journey for the past oh, two years now, creating a skincare line, and I have learned a lot through this experience. It has been heartbreaking at times. it's been frustrating. I have cried. I have spent a lot of money, time, and energy that could have been spent on my business. So if I were to pass on anything to you, if you are considering making your own products, it would be that choosing the manufacturer is really everything. It can make or break the entire experience. Private labeling is so much easier and more affordable with Onoxa versus partnering with a contract manufacturer for product development, which Let me tell you, it is a huge investment. Everything is done online with Onoxa and I was kicking myself because I went through their process. I chose my products to sample and I created my own skincare labels. The whole process took maybe 20 minutes once I had my design. It was incredibly easy. I do recommend private labeling because it's a prime opportunity to Increase your business retail revenue, which for us SDs is typically half of our business. Half is services and half is retail. The reason I recommend private labeling is because you can set your own profit margins. So you can still retail other brands you love, but it's a way to position your name and your branding along with well-established brands to give credibility to your business and increase your revenue because there's no middleman. You get to set the prices. And I already know what you guys are wondering. Yes, they do offer backbar product sizes for their hair and spa formulas. So it's a really easy upsell to offer your client the same retail size of a backbar product you used on them during their services. Professionals choose and love Onoxa products because they're used by estheticians and dermatologists. Their formulas are USA made using high-end ingredients and all of their skincare and haircare is vegan and cruelty-free. The best part is the branding is completely customizable so you can make sure your products fit your business and reflect your aesthetic. For more information, check out onoxa.com information in the show notes below. Now let's get back to the treatment room. This episode is sponsored by Pomp. Pomp is a platform for estheticians that lets you connect with your clients virtually. It's great for managing client communication. And I love it because this provides a messaging platform that's all in one place and you can actually separate yourself From your work, which is, I know, very hard for a lot of us to do, but this prevents clients from intruding into your personal space by texting or emailing you. POMP is easy to use and super easy to get your clients started with. Plus, you get commission on all of the products that they purchase. You don't have to worry about shipping. You just make the recommendations as a professional, and POMP handles free and fast shipping. Comp also works with a medical director so that you have access to some incredible brands that you might not otherwise, including Is Clinical, Revision Skincare, and many more. Check out the link in the podcast show notes for more details.
1: And to be honest, I don't think I would have attempted to scale up in this way just in the last year. I was able to, I was approached by a producer from Shark Tank and I thought, oh, I should I should really look at my inventory and, and you know what are my sales for the year, and I was cleared over 20,000 in sales without even knowing what I was doing the first year. and so but I wouldn't have done that had not I think the first day I posted a photo of the labels on Instagram. Uh, you know, it was a time of high uh, social unrest and a lot of uh support for BIPOC uh founders and i uh an executive i won't say where uh, f- uh an executive reached out to me and said that they had uh, a project to f- to fund black founders and they wanted my brand to be the first so I pushed myself, you know, out of the kitchen. <laughs> I was, you know, making it myself. I pushed myself out of the kitchen with just taking his extracts and blending it and asking Mohan, my chemist, to start formulating for me. Um, but I don't think I would have ever taken it on to this degree, really, if it weren't for that little push. It didn't work out uh, with them, but um I'm grateful that they showed an interest because it showed me that I had a viable idea that I could really um, attempt to get out there to distribute. Yeah. And and I, I actually you know, bought the, drank the Kool-Aid because I had the, I had the spreadsheets. I had the know-how to back it up. I thought, oh, all the stuff that I've been doing for these indie brands, for um, the Personal Group and um, Kovner and Company and um, Patty Schmucker, like all of these different brand development and distributing distribution people over the years, I can do for myself. You know, I know how to talk to the chemists and create a product de- development profile. I, I know what my cost of goods should be so that I can clear a nice profit margin um, should I grow to the point of just having a distributor. Set myself up for that now. I know how to do this. So I know how to create FDA compliant labels. And even though the website's only on WordPress, it is... Um, Uh, Oh, what is it? Uh, FCC compliant, you know. I I have this uh, in my database, and um, that kind of yeah gave me the confidence to go forward. Um, But you know, estheticians can easily formulate two or three hero products. That's kind of what I did originally. Was started in the kitchen with these great extracts, but then I outsourced or bought in bulk. the gel and the two cleansers. Um, I wanted to scale up with that supplier, but it did, it wasn't sustainable. So my chemists are now making those two cleansers and that gel for me. Um, and we have everything in house now, but yeah, it's, I started with a couple of bulk items and in my kitchen. Awesome. Okay. Yeah.
0: And for somebody listening, who's thinking I would like to do this, How do I go about deciding what product to choose?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Do you have
0: any tips there? Is it looking for gaps in your existing product lines or what do you suggest?
1: So the first step, I believe we talked about this. uh, I did an IG live with Joelle yesterday uh, about staying in your lane as an esthetician in order to, and her take on it was to master your craft. and. the first step is to know who you are as an esthetician. What type of I have an interest in yoga and meditation and ayurveda. So it made sense for me to go to an ayurvedic extract chemist to use that as the foundation of my concept. Um but maybe you have a different story. Maybe you had acne as a teenager or you um you know have a more clinical background. Maybe you're a nurse coming into this. And so um figure out who first of all, what your story is and then who your ideal client is and marketing, we call those your personas. You want to pick three personas who, um, that represent your ideal client you know, and just flesh it out. Where does she shop? Um, what kind of music does she listen to? You know, What does she look at on social media? You know, and and um, that will also help you inform how you market later on. Um, and then you can start looking at ingredients and, and that's how the big guys do it. They start with marketing and the story, and then they start building it around that, you know, because what is your audience going to need? And so that, and that gets to your point too, where are the gaps in, in the industry? You know, I didn't see a clinical Ayurvedic brand that had a focus on hyperpigmentation, for. deeply melanated skin and that's who I, I knew that that was going to be the primary condition of the people that I was working with and they also weren't weren't going to want hydroquinone so getting back to you know who are you serving and then um, where's your where's your niche in the market where can you uh posi- how can you position yourself between what's already being offered um, okay,
0: right. Yeah. And that that makes sense for you that that would be your focus, because you literally wrote the book on mm-hmm. diverse pigmentation. So it's very in line with you and makes
1: sense for you. You know, and it's yes, it's true. It feels good to uh, be um, in alignment with, um, you know, who I say I am. Um, I finally did a, you know, just learning so as an esthetician, how to market myself. And so I finally created a a Google uh, presence, a a listing and um, started attracting people from the neighborhood. And there is um, a a high, uh, large Jewish community. And I, I love that. This is the part of the textbook that I said was missing. I love that I'm able to actually attract people of every ethnicity. And um, relate to their skin, you know. I underst- I can, you know, intellectually understand uh, what's going on. It's so good to be able to actually touch it, you know. So many times at writing the book or just training, even I feel like a fraud. It's like, oh, I haven't touched skin in ages. I'm just talking about it. Um, so yeah, it's really lovely to be building this very diverse multi-ethnic uh practice here yeah Yeah,
0: absolutely and what kind of ingredients and and products do you offer I want to hear about Mm. uh, some of your favorites and and maybe even one or two that you think are really
1: standouts in the line um oh oh, within my line yes oh um so, so fun here I'm also thinking about this in the treatment room. Um, well, the Mandelic cleanser is the star, I would say. Um, and we added tyrostat to it for added brightening and able to lessen the the drying effects of Mandelic. Um, and, but the the Mandelic cleanser, my hydrating OGES toner, it has vegan hyaluronic acid in it. And um, we married that with, Uh, lemongrass hydrosol and colloidal silver. So we've got the like really aromatherapeutic and moisturizing and hydrating benefits of the lemongrass and then antibacterial of colloidal silver. There is ritea, which is an Ayurvedic herb uh, known to calm psoriasis and eczema. Um, So, and then the vegan hyaluronic acid was my chemist's idea. He was concerned that some... I didn't know this, but he was concerned that some of the uh, hyaluronic acid is of a bovine source, but whatever, it's not, it's not halal and he is from India and Muslim and he wanted to make sure that, you know, of course, whatever he formulates is going to be halal. So we have a a really nice bouncy, uh, like fat water kind of vegan hyaluronic acid in there. Um, and then I like to, through the summer anyway, marry that with the facial oil. The facial oil has a turmeric extract that the chemist steam distills himself. So it's like fresh out the, out the lab <laughs> um, with um, aloe. And he, we used um, fenugreek galactomanins. So galactomanins are those fibers like in SK-2, the hydrating uh fibers and we use them uh the fibers from fenugreek seeds um and it's all suspended in mct oil which is fractionated coconut oil and we chose that because it is really quick absorbing and really nourishing but it also has all the lipids that you need to calm acne as well so it works for all skin types um yeah, and that's, that's really the trifecta. Those are the three out that um, seem to be the best sellers.
0: Yeah, those sound gorgeous. And they seem like a really unique combination of ingredients, just like you said, kind of marrying the Ayurvedic tradition mm-hmm. with a more clinical side. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, mm-hmm. and that seems like a big benefit of of custom formulation, because right I've, I've never heard of, of that combination of ingredients. So it sounds like you really got to tailor it to um, what you wanted.
1: Yeah, I, well, I was the director of education for Vareya, which was an Ayurvedic brand owned by this billionaire Shubhash Chandra in India, um, and based in New York. And then, uh, the, the next position was as director of education for DMK based in California, uh, oh. which was a very clinical, you know, and, and their roots were in, in Europe and South Africa, Australia were the, the largest markets really um, at the time. And so I interacted with their clinical aestheticians. So I've, I felt that I was actually pulling from both worlds in my own treatments. I would do. I would do I remember I would create like cucumber iPads and um, and then do like a lactic peel. So mm. you know, I kind of I've always played around with blending this clinical with natural. Um, so I that that epiphany. I just I remember sitting straight up in bed and going, oh, I, I figured it out. got <laughs> yes. the answer. Yeah. You got and the aha <laughs> moment. I did. Like literally. It was a, a pop, like a cosmic pop. <laughs> like, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So now what pushes me really is that they did such a great job with formulation and like far surpassed what I was doing in the kitchen that I really And driven now to get the products out there, you know, find natural boutiques and other estheticians that want to wholesale because um, they just deserve to see the light of day. They're so good.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, and we'll have to put those products by the way, in the description box and I'll put your info there too, in Mm -hmm. case anyone's listening and and wants to get in touch about a wholesale opportunity. Um, Just circling back to the idea of working with a chemist, where Mm -hmm. would somebody really even start with that? I know you said you found yours through Allure Magazine. Um, Is there any other resource SDs could use to find their own?
1: So, yeah, the first chemist that I ever hired, um, I, I, tr- I stopped him from, uh, moving from New York to LA. And I actually didn't work with him until he retired. And he thought, you, you know, he's like, yeah, you've been stalking me, interviewing me for every opportunity that you can. I'll, I'll create this formula for you. Um, but through that process, I learned that it really doesn't make sense to own your own formulas and pay for it. I explained that formulas are kind of like, Um, toll house cookies Mm -hmm. so they the toll house chocolate chip is trademarked but the process of making a chocolate chip cookie anybody can can make so unless you have your own proprietary toll house chip then um, you can't really own anything Um, so it's wise to have a non-disclosure whoever you of course whoever you engage but um, stalking a chemist through <laughs> through uh, articles is one way um, that chemist belong to the Society of Cosmetic Chemists. You can find someone in your area to work with um, and typically a chemist will uh, typically unless they're small and they need or you have some exotic ingredients and you need some um, original ingredients, they will create a prototype for you, a sample for you out of their own pocket, just to show you that they can. Um, so finding one locally, um, you can also hire, um, a coach or someone to direct you to their database of chemists. Um, or just Google you know just google the labs they'll take your phone call um you know and you can uh you may burn some bridges that some of them aren't very pa- patient with mm-hmm. uh, like you know looky lose. we're just kind of mm-hmm. feeling it out but you know yeah. when i worked for the cosmetics lab um in orange county they uh-huh. i did a lot of cold calls you know and i i was calling other labs basically for intel um, and I realized that there's always someone, a marketing manager, sales, someone who can take your call and at least guide you towards, you know, how, what the process is and what they require yeah. to yeah. start. Yeah. And, and you may not ever, in those instances, you may not ever actually meet your chemist. You may not uh, meet them face-to-face, but there'll be a liaison, someone who can translate between, you know, what you want as a creative or a founder um, into scientific terms that the chemist can um, understand. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just dig. If you, okay. if you're committed, you can, you can find someone that, that fits your, your needs. Yeah.
0: Something I, I kind of learned along the way of, of calling labs myself was, Exactly what you said. There should be somebody who can answer your questions and mm-hmm. who can take the time with you to talk to you. That was that was something for me. I felt like was so important because I could tell there were certain people who didn't want to spend time on the phone, yes. Um or just kind of you know wanted to give you the bare basics and expected you to start ordering. And I didn't feel comfortable with that. For me, it was a big investment. So Mm -hmm. to me, that almost felt like a a red flag with certain labs, if they weren't willing to um, talk to me and answer my questions.
1: That's a good point, because you want to have a relationship with them. Um, You know, if you, God forbid, some issue comes up, you need to know that you're able to um, you know, mediate and have some kind of amenable decision that comes you know you just right, definitely right. want to start off on the right foot with uh, someone that you but you know and i'm i was researching in california and southern california you get all kinds of attitudes you know just <laughs> some of the coldest meanest yeah. um, oh, yeah. but um that also i think is part of the the beauty, I guess, that I found of having already, um, I already had the templates. Um, one of the documents that a chemist works from is called a product development profile. And um, that is your your template, your blueprint for the product that you want to create. Um, you can easily do it. They may even offer you some um, paperwork, you know, just to kind of help you brainstorm and zero in on Mm -hmm. what you want before you start trying to explain it to them. Uh, A good lab that is really open to working with um, entrepreneurs will provide something like that. Um, But I walk around, (laughs) I swear by my (laughs) template that just um, tells them, how many ounces I'm, I'm interested in, you know, developing per unit, what are my hero ingredients, what ingredients do I want to stay away from, Mm -hmm. um, uh, my fragrance notes, you know, um, some packaging ideas because Mm -hmm. not, uh, packaging may not be compatible,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um so all of this needs to be considered the um preservatives your preservation system is important what's your story about your preservatives you know one of my clients is on natural and she is determined to you know have a, a clean formulation the other says look whatever works mm-hmm. so um you kind of have to understand that before you go to the lab you know um One of the brands I worked with didn't do that. And I remember Mm -hmm. having, I was calling a chemist every week to, or or a supplier, a raw ingredient supplier to uh, ask, you know, what's in this stuff? Like we're making these claims. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a company, they didn't do the research. They didn't do the due diligence to know that the claims they're making with the finished product was actually, you know, stands true from the original formulation of each individual raw ingredient. So we had to backtrack and get like the, you know, manufacturer safety data sheets and oh, wow. this craziness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, these are some of the pitfalls you can avoid. Even the first formula that I created uh, for my turmeric mask, uh, I wanted to make a soy free claim. And I didn't realize that the call all that I selected mm-hmm. as a, as a preservative and a little bit of performance was uh, soy based. I didn't even stop to think about it until I'd mm-hmm. already made the products. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but that's, I guess one of the, that's maybe a point for a private label then, you know, that yeah. you can find a lab that has your values and a great reputation and they can create it for you. You know, I I definitely Mm. with the bulk items, that's what I did. I I totally love the chemist who created the original gel and cleanser. So, um, I could stand by whatever I could stand by whatever she created. Okay. And
0: a question I'm sure is on a lot of listeners' minds is, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you can answer this, but when it comes to cost, is there any sort of general figures that somebody could expect? I'm sure it really depends.
1: It really does depend. I mean, you know, you can make soap in your kitchen and start to f- create your signature facial oil, mm-hmm. you know, today. Mm-hmm. Um you want to um, make sure that uh, I guess the general rule of thumb is that your retail is uh, your cost of goods. Like your retail is ten times your cost of goods. Ten um, times. Yes. So, and I guess we were saying at one point eight to ten when I was working with my my mentor, but I really think now it's ten or 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 more if you can get it but mm-hmm. um 10 times your cost of goods and you you it doesn't seem like much you know when you're used to a, buying wholesale because you um it's and that's difficult i should say that that figure that um that figure is challenging when you're private labeling because oh yeah they, it's more like you know
0: three to four times yeah you know, five yeah. times the markup you're, yeah it's more you're expensive. lucky
1: if you can get it yeah exactly but you're getting the you they're doing all the work for you right you don't have exactly. to have the headache that i just went through <laughs> <laughs> right
0: so it's a trade-off you're not as involved in choosing every specific little ingredient yeah. that goes into it but yeah. if you can be happy with the base formula Uh Yeah. Then you're just, you're paying for the whole wholesale cost and then you can price it at whatever you want. But just like Alish said, it's, it's smaller margins for your profit. Exactly.
1: And, you know, find a few, um, a few additional pieces that really are your signature that really speak to who you are as an esthetician and add those to the, the bulk, the, um, private Mm -hmm. And you've got at least a nice home care regimen that you can customize for each skin condition. And then, you know, you can use whatever you want on your back bar and you can still retail other brands. You know, I definitely have other, other brands woven in with, with mine.
0: Totally. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. As long as you resonate with those brands too, it's kind of Mm -hmm. a nice way to mix yourself in and establish um, establish some credibility mm-hmm. mixing your name in with theirs
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly exactly
0: so alish if you were to start this process over of creating mm. your own skincare line is there any uh, sage words of wisdom or piece of advice
1: you would pass on mm. i would I would have taken um, probably better stock of my strengths and weaknesses. Um, and my least favorite task to do for my my coaching clients is um, the SWOT analysis. Uh, oh God, what is it? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and oh, what's the T? Anyway, um, it's okay. I hate that. I hate this I hate process. That. Should we look yeah. it up? We can look it up. Yeah, let's Google it. Um, SWOT. Strengths, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Ah. Yes. So the yes, the SWOT analysis, and I didn't do that myself. It's your way of uh, being objective, and then also um, a reference so that you can hold yourself accountable. I think, and um, But then, you know, I'm also have a history of being paralyzed by fear. So I may not have even taken the leap had I actually taken an objective look at what I was doing right right <laughs> it
0: it, well, it's sense. very scary
1: no yeah, I mean if right. you're
0: looking at all these things oh I have to think about emerging competitors then you're comparing yourself yeah. to Sephora or Dermstore, and it's really easy to get in your head and not launch so yeah, I think at yeah. the end of the day we can cover all our bases but you have to put it out there at some point
1: i agree i agree and um so yeah taking stock of of really who you are you know what really why what what credentials do you have to even come up with this concept you know and mm-hmm. and and really understand your strengths and then what are your weaknesses you know where where do where do you fall short and and that's going to help you see you know who can who You can bring on your team, you know, you can hire an independent contractor, get uh, an assistant, an intern to help you fill in the blanks with those weaknesses and Mm -hmm. understand your opportunities, how you're going to expand uh, beyond your four walls, you know, um, onto your own online platform or into other brick and mortar locations. And then what are the threats to this whole concept? like really taking stock of that. That's so important.
0: Mm. Wonderful advice, Alish. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything you shared with us. I feel like we could talk for so many more hours. So please, (laughs) please just know my door is always open and we'd love to have you back sometime. Thank you so much for your time today and just for being with us.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Really. Um, Yeah. I look forward to talking with you again. We're we're just going to have coffee sometime. I would
0: love that. Just to hang out with you and Julie would be a dream. So I've got to get over to Philly sometime.
1: Yeah. Soon. Soon.
0: Alesh, where can listeners find you, whether it's on social media or to learn more about your services and what you offer?
1: Um, Yes. So um, I have my website askalish.com kind of has a three prong portal so you can find out more about these products, uh, courses, and then my hands on services. On social media, I spend the most time on Instagram, so it's mm-hmm. at Ask underscore Alish, uh, which is A L I E S H. It's my mother's name backwards, actually. Um, and I've been neglecting my Facebook group. Um, I have a group called Pigmentation One Hundred and One, which is um, named after one of my online courses. And I've just been neglecting it, but there's it's such a great database of for information. I've I love um seeing new faces on there because it's just it's a glossary of great information now, you know, even though it hasn't been very active. So you can definitely follow on Facebook as well.
0: Awesome. Okay, so anybody can join that Facebook group?
1: Yes, as long as you're licensed as a licensed esthetician, you can
0: join. Okay. Amazing. Incredible. And Alish, do you have classes
1: online or courses? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, at, at askalish.com you can find the, um, pigmentation one-on-one course, advanced chemical peel. Um, all of that whole section is getting a revamp. Um, okay. so I kind of am advising people to join now. I'm, I'm going to be, um, at the advice of some of my colleagues, uh, I'm going to be adding, uh, an accredited, um, Certificate, as well as a case study program. So um, those who are in now will get you know incredible discount and consideration when that launches next year. Um, part of the impetus for me to do this, to revamp it uh, was because I'm now the director program director for the uh, Integrative Aesthetic Certification program being launched by Learn Skin uh, that's oh, launching next so cool. year. Wow. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. So exciting. Okay, you'll
0: definitely have to come back and we'll talk more about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So that just has inspired me to like, okay, let's upgrade these courses and really make sure people are getting value when they're getting a, this downloadable certificate and, um, and that I can really stand behind the training that I'm giving them. So, Um, Yeah, it's all getting a revamp, but you can find those courses now. Yeah.
0: So exciting. Well, we'll definitely list that information below.
1: Okay, so that's wonderful.
0: Hey, Alish, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, for spending your time with us and sharing all that you did. We're so, so lucky to have you on the treatment room and you are welcome, more than welcome back anytime you want. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Alicia's classes and her spa if you're in the Philly area and all of her information in the show notes below. We loved having you, Alicia. Thanks again, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.